Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. The Burke County, North Carolina city of Morganton sits on the Catawba River in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. This area is known for its scenic rural landscapes and abundant outdoor adventure venues. However, if you look closer, you will find hidden treasures of advanced manufacturing such as where we are clocking in here today. VX Aerospace is a manufacturer that designs and builds products for a diversified customer base including the U.S. Department of Defense, commercial businesses, and university labs. Although its founder, Bob Skillen, has lived and created things in many places, we were glad that he decided to commit his business and its success to an important part of his roots here in our great state. I'm pleased to be sitting down with an important voice of North Carolina manufacturing, VX Aerospace founder and CEO, Bob Skillen. All right, Bob, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. How are you today? I'm doing good. All right, Bob, the term aerospace can cover a lot of products, but you don't just make products for aerospace and other industries. You actually make airplanes here, right? We do. We've actually designed two complete aircraft. And I say what us, we're a little company. We bring in help, and one of the big helpers for us, of course, is North Carolina State University. So, but you didn't start out making planes, although that was your training. Talk about your journey through your prestigious higher education and the things you have built. Did you grow up making things as a kid? Oh, yeah. I, I uh, couldn't quit thinking about stuff. Most time in church, I'd be thinking of what I could make. You know, so I've always been a dreamer about building things, and uh, that followed through. Decided I wanted to be an aerospace engineer when I was 15 years old. And so you went on and decided, how did you make that happen? Did you? Well, fortunately, uh, I got an appointment to the Naval Academy, which was important since my two older sisters had uh, tapped out my parents' college funds. <laughs> so I got the education, and I flew jets in the Navy. And then uh, did that for a while, then had a construction company, then in 07 opened the doors for VX Aerospace. So VX was founded in around 2006, and there's an interesting story about how our organization made a connection to you. You, you had a product ready to sell and a willing buyer, but there was one little thing missing. Oh, yeah. In the defense and commercial aerospace industry, the AS9100 quality standard isn't a nice thing to have. It's an absolute must, a prerequisite. So uh, we were tapped out. You know, we started this business with investment of friends and family, et cetera, and uh, we needed some help. And the local community college system had a program where they could help us get training for our AS9100, and that's when we went to IES at NC State, and Barbara Williams came here and we set the record for the quickest start-to-finish AS9100 uh, certification in the state. What was the what kind of part did you make with the with your newly found AS9100? Well, we we had to, actually had to create a part 
And so uh, in order to go through the standard, and so we borrowed a mold in order to show that our processes worked and made a part, while at the same time in the background we were pursuing business with uh, the depot at Cherry Point, North Carolina, and we ultimately won that business and that got us going. Sounds like a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. It sounds like a whole <laughs> lot of, try- you know, we did whatever it takes. Yeah. So now, you know, VX is quite a contributor, not only to the development of aerospace technology, but also to developing the talent necessary for success. Talk about your commitments to engineering programs such as those at NC State and Duke University. Well, at NC State, I designed an airplane, I think it was in 2013, a a blended wing aircraft, and I decided to pursue that because I wanted to have a product of our own, but I couldn't do it on my own. And so I went and saw uh, Dr. Hall at uh, the NC State Aero Department, and he had a grad student um, named Lars Soltman, and he was looking for a PhD thesis. And he looked at that aircraft, jumped on it, and literally that was September of 2014, or no, 2013. And by November, we had it through computational fluid dynamics and wind tunnel testing, and then we started building it in January, and we flew it in June. So uh, that's what gave me the idea to start what we call the Carolina Consortium, where every time we have a a project, we go to the professors at the Department of Mechanical and Aerospace at NC State, and one project was the Dash X aircraft, which we had to design for Northrop Grumman, which is a drone that's got an 11-foot, 4-inch wingspan, and it unfolds. It can be stored in, say, a cylinder, like a bomb shape. The whole airplane folds up, and the engineers at NC State jumped on it. We had a big program, and we saw it from a clean sheet of paper to flight in nine months. So uh, you also uh, recently had a profile on something you did with Duke University? We did. Duke University had a team of, I think, six or eight people, and they had set a record for this particular category of solar car. And they wanted to defend their record, and they came to us, and we helped them build better molds. And ultimately, we worked with those young men and one uh, lady, and they ended up taking that car and defended their record and still hold the world record for that category of solar car. So uh, your work with universities also helps you find talent in some oh, ways. Yeah. Is that right? It's kind of a win-win situation. Dr. Bryant, or was it one of the professors at uh, NC State uh, asked me to do a lecture on composites to his class. I did that. And then the graduating seniors at NC State in the aero program have to design and build and fly an airplane. So they uh, met me through those lectures, and then they started calling us to help them with the tooling for their airplanes for their senior project. And uh, so we work with a bunch of those young engineers, and it turns out that uh, a couple of them now work for or three of them now work for us. That's amazing, but that's just great. Uh, well, you know, when you get those engineers here, I think you talked about a somewhat unique method of ensuring that they're well-trained once they begin their design career. They don't just get to create uh, virtual parts, do they? No. The, the great thing is they're very smart, very well-trained at NC State. Uh, what college classes don't afford them enough time at is the practical hands-on. So here they actually help build, work on the floor, in fact, before they actually start designing. You've never built something that you're, you're a better designer when you've had experience putting it together yourself. So, uh, 
you you know, I mean, we also read that you even give back to your Burke County community before kids maybe even go off to college. Can you talk about some of the things that you do in Burke County Public Schools? Oh, yes. Uh, we've we found out a few years ago that there's a lot of kids in high schools that that work half the day and and out of 160 kids I think was the number like 140 or 50 of them were going to fast food and I said surely some of those kids are have technical uh, aspirations so we got involved with that program and we every semester we have one or two high school students that comes here and spends their afternoon working and in one case you know that's uh, evolved into where they continue to work for us after high school so some of the things that you know you've mentioned before about the aerospace industry is just fascinating. Yeah, I think you once said that pilots may one day become obsolete. <laughs> That's happening quicker than you might think. The microtization of the computer, you know, Moore's law we're all familiar with way back in the 70s when Mr. Moore thought that tech, you know, the size of the transistor would get smaller and information processing capacity would double every 10 years. He thought that would last, you know, a few years. It's turned out it's lasted decades and decades and still going on. So now you have these tiny little processors. So what used to be toys for those of us that built radio-controlled airplanes as kids are now extremely useful airborne robots. And the amount of missions they can do uh, is growing and growing. We're dealing nationally with how do you incorporate all these unmanned aircraft safely into the airspace. So that's ongoing, but the technology is developing faster really than, uh, than our ability to handle it. So uh, the drone, you, or unmanned aircraft, is, is really going to change the way uh, business happens in the future. I don't know about other people, but you know, it's, it's kind of scary the thought of having kind of drones flying around and carrying boxes and things like that. Do you, do you really think that's going to happen in the way that it's visioned? We'll see. Uh, I do think carrying boxes, it depends on, you know, it's all going to come down to markets and whether or not it uh, can be incorporated profitably. In other words, if there's a good business plan and it, and it meets the needs. Sometimes things are pursued because they're neat, but they ultimately don't survive unless there's a good business plan behind it and a reason to do it. But is the technology there to have unmanned aircraft go from place to place and uh, carry equipment and things? Yes. Uh, we need to think seriously about the safety factors, but all of that is is coming on board. Yeah, I've heard you talk about some really neat things that these even more lightweight unmanned aircraft can do with with as far as they can go and on little amounts of fuel. And, you know, what do you see some of the fascinating things there? Well, we do one aircraft that's not ours, but we build it for another company. It's called the uh, Vanilla Aircraft, and it can fly for 10 straight days on 50 gallons of diesel fuel. So literally, it could take off from Morganton, fly to Africa, uh, say the uh, north end of Africa, and stay there for five days and come home. I mean, so you, when you have that type of endurance in an unmanned aircraft, and it flies at a relatively slow speed, there's all kinds of mission objectives for it, whether it's surveillance, whether it's disaster relief, whether it's providing an antenna system where there's no Wi-Fi, there's just a, a bunch of different uh, things you can do with that kind of endurance. Do you, do you get involved in bigger planes or those mostly the smaller planes that you make? Well, we're about aircraft, whether they have a pilot in them or not. Yeah. And we do it, we're starting to do an aircraft right now, which is actually, it's been around for 20 years, but it never got much development. There's only 20 of them flying, but we have all the tooling here now to work with a company called Legend Aircraft. 
and it's the world's fastest single-engine airplane. It's about a 400-mile-an-hour airplane. I've got the privilege to fly in one, and it was a blast. Wow. Uh, so talk about some of the other things you're involved in that's not necessarily aircraft. I know you're diversified. Yeah, we're kicking off a program to uh, build a six-wheel ATV that you sit on like a motorcycle, but you can drive it into a pond and cross a river, a pond, or lake. And yeah, we are diversifying. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. That's good business advice. And this aircraft, oh, excuse me, this this ATV is not like uh, the others that are currently on the market in that the entire body is composite, so there's less to rust. Yeah. So, Bob, I, I, I hear that you literally almost sleep at your business, and so, but one day there's going to be a transition. How do you see yourself kind of getting out of this? You are so uh, con- committed to what you do, and I mean, is that... Yeah, I've never been able to separate uh, my work life from my life, and... Um, that can be a problem for some people. My wife and I live in a house on site, and we're always here. And Vanessa, she does all the admin and the books, and then I, I build stuff. So together it works out great for us. But any good, we have a business advisor, and he's fantastic. And any good businessman, uh, you know, you have to have an exit strategy. You have to be working to grow the value of the company. And a company is a lot like any other business, whether you're a farmer, you, you want to raise cows from 50 pounds to 2,000 pounds before you sell them. Business is no different. So you want to do the things to let the company grow and provide a good you know, business that can be passed on. And, and we're in the brick and mortar business. In the last decade or so, there's been a whole lot of businesses that are in the dot-com realm where there's not actual, you know, an established place where people go to work every day and grow communities. Those businesses are as portable as an email where our business, we're in the brick-and-mortar uh, growth, uh, long-term stability for a community. So we love being part of this community, and uh, that's our goal. So uh, many of the places that we go to and we talk about aerospace, they're involved in actually space-type uh, things. Do you have anything going on in that arena? Yes, we do. In fact, we've built rocket parts for Vector Launch. Now, unfortunately, Vector Launch, they're reorganizing right now. But we also, uh, and there's a big move in the aerospace industry for what are called CubeSats, or very small satellites. They're literally the size of a uh, loaf of bread. And these satellites can do the mission that, you know, back when I was uh, a young person, the satellites were the size of a school bus. So when you think about it, uh, they need smaller rockets to launch them. And so there's a whole lot of companies out there developing uh, rockets that you can literally tow behind a pickup truck, stand up and shoot into space with a satellite. And that, there's a lot going on there, and we've worked with some of those companies as well. So, uh, Bob, how do you you know, think about the future of aerospace and the way things are going? I mean, do you, is there some big place you think that is going to change everything, or are we just doing it gradually? Um, Changes, uh, the speed of change based on the, the development of the computer processors happened quicker than I think we're able to adapt to the change. And maybe that's good because you can get out over your skis and you've, you, you know, safety and you got to be cautious as you develop things. However, I will say this, the way information can be exchanged today in terms of gigabytes of data now very, very quickly, you know, an aerospace company can exist in Morganton, North Carolina, where there is no hub. And so we can, you can diversify all these industries, not just aerospace, can actually get out into communities because it re- literally becomes the logistics of moving your product after that. So maybe if you're building giant heavy things, that's more, you need to be co-located. But when you're doing what we're doing, we make lightweight parts anyway because they got to fly. 
So the ability to move information and the ubiquitous nature now of, uh, of high-performing CAD and CNC machines are ubiquitous. You have the ability to do really neat things in areas, uh, you know, a garage literally. You know, but you can take advantage of spaces and it, you can have a more rural, high-tech manufacturing base than we've ever had. Yeah. Well, I guess if you make airplanes, you need to fly them somewhere. So do you go over to the local airport we and do. launch things? We yeah. do, and we are hopeful if our manned uh, aircraft, you know, it's, it's still, we fly our drones there. We don't do a lot of it, but they let us and we have permission to do so. But uh, uh, if we get developed into manned aircraft like this Legend aircraft uh, more extensively, then we'd open a facility at the airport as well. Oh, my. Okay. Well, that's pretty exciting. And uh, it's obviously that aerospace is alive and well here in Burke County. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Ten years ago, he used to tell people, yes, yes, we're in Burke County. No, that, yes, we have all the teeth in our head, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How do they find? How do they find you here? You know, it's real interesting. We used to advertise a lot or a little. You know, when we have to have business development people, and you met uh, Dan earlier. But lately, the uh, calls have come to us. We've been twelve years. We've established a reputation. Uh, we have taken displays to the the biggest composite show in the world, is JEC in Paris. We've twice been there. So. It's a small community, Advanced Composites. Uh, we're members of the Society for the Advancement of Materials and Process Engineering, which is our professional trade association. So really, after this amount of time of staying in business, people have come to know that we can you know, produce, and we've become a trusted partner for a lot of companies. Well, well clearly, you're a great benefit to the area and to uh, Burke County and, and those who work in the area. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have a high-tech manufacturing with those great jobs here, and I'm sure the area appreciates your contributions to it. And we appreciate you sitting out and talking with us today, Bob. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.